Welcome to the Sisterhood of the Traveling Gee, where we travel around to connect with women and connect women with resources. Today we're going to be speaking with Cauliflower Air Family. They are a donation-only dojo based out of Medford, Oregon. They have set very clear goals on eliminating barriers to low-income families or families that have multiple children. So if you're in the area, make sure you stop by their dojo. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I really am. Thank you for taking your time out to do this interview. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, um, my I'm Kayla, obviously, and it says Zoe up top on my screen. I don't know if it does yours, but that's because my daughter uses her school. So, <laughs> I'm <not Hi>. <laughs> so I'm Kayla. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> awesome. So. All right, so let's get started. Tell me about yourself. Where are you training at? How long have you been training? Okay, so um, yeah, I'm Kayla. I co-own Cauliflower Ear Family with my husband, Brent Smith. Um, so that's where we train. We train in Medford, Oregon. I've been training for about six years. So I am a purple belt um, under my husband, who is under Randy Stacy and uh, Nick Gregoriatis. All right. How'd you guys start Cauliflower Ear? Tell, actually, you know what? Before you even get into that, tell me about what it is. Cauliflower Ear Family is a donation-only gym. So we have seven children. We're blended, though. So seven blended. Um, and so we wanted to take away barriers that stopped people from training or exercise in general. And so a lot of those barriers are childcare. So we make sure we have a family-friendly environment with a place for kids to play and hang out. Um, always clean music going on. So there's not, you know, you don't have to worry about kids hearing bad language or anything like that. And then we also um, are donation only. So that means that finances aren't a barrier for people to get training. Because with seven kids always wanting to do sports and stuff, sometimes it's we're not able to afford what we need to do because we're, you know, paying for our children to do what they need to do. And we just wanted to make sure that kids and parents and everybody had access to training. That's pretty awesome. I think, you know, I know you're the only gym that I saw that actually did that. So when I heard about it, I was just like, oh, we got to go talk to her. We got to figure out what they're doing because something's working. We don't know what it is, but it's obviously <laughs> working. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope so. I think, I think, I believe in humanity and that when you give that option, the people that can pay do and the people that can't often give back in wonderful other ways. You know, it's not so much, it's not a business transaction. It's, it's growing community. Gotcha. So how long have you guys been open for? Um, so we actually had a gym prior to COVID that wasn't donation only donation only has always been our gym or our dream. Sorry. Um, but we still had our rates were $50 per person or a hundred for family and it capped out. So like if you had five kids and it didn't matter. Um, so that was always our goal to move into the donation only aspect of it, but it just wasn't a possibility at that time. Um, then COVID shut us down and we reopened in March and we were blessed enough to uh, both be working outside of the home. And so we thought this is the time to, uh, work you know do the donation only and not have it be our income our main source of income so that we could afford to do that yeah now alongside with the gym though you guys have like a really strong brand with with I was scrolling through your store and I was just like I want to talk to her first about it before I go check out 
How'd you guys um, come up with the with the coupling of the store in your in your dojo? So my husband, that's what he did for a living for a while was um, help other people with their websites and their products and e-commerce. Um, and so when we started our gym, we just coupled it with what he was good at, which was e-commerce. Um, and then now that we're donation only, it's kind of a second stream of revenue to help those people that can't afford donations or, you know, things we need in the gym. Um, so it just kind of worked out cause that's his skill set. Like it wasn't really something we had kind of like been like, Oh, this will work. It just, just happened to be there. So I actually, he runs the website, but I run all the social media for the gym. So we kind of team up. <laughs> it's always good when there's delegated roles because when they overlap, Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I think that's important for business to have delegated roles. You do this. I do this, especially when you're doing business with your spouse. So there's no arguments that come home. <laughs> And especially when you're doing business training and it's with your spouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thankfully, he's my best friend, so it's okay. <laughs> so we've been almost reopened as the donation only for a year. Okay. So since you guys have reopened as a donation base, how have you seen your community grow and how has it been impacted? Um, I think it's grown quite a bit, actually. And just in our community alone, we, you know, um, but we're also reaching out now to places with foster care kids and um, places like that, where they might need help finding a community that's not, you know, dragging them down, but lifting them up um, and giving them confidence and security and just people around them. And so that's what we're working on right now is, um, is connecting with the community that needs us, I think, you know, a little bit more. So low-income families and foster families and giving them something that they don't have to worry about money, but they still get to, they still get to have an extracurricular and they still get to participate and be around kids and, you know, a positive environment. So that's kind of our goal right now. Um, it's interesting though, our adult class is the largest. And I think in most gyms, it's a kid's class. I know. We just draw people and the word of mouth has been insane. And it's really the best group of people I've ever met in my life. I just, I feel like we're blessed continuously from the people that show up that like, I can't ever imagine doing this for money and not just the love of everything. I really feel like though, just having it as a contribution base, like what you can contribute, whether it's, you know, monetary, whether it's mopping the floors, whether it's, you know, helping pick up before or after class, any of the above or even just bringing in good spirits and the good vibe, like all of it. I feel like that alone would weed out a lot of people who, I don't know. I, I typically just call them like the nine to fivers. They come in and don't really talk to anybody and then they just dip out. And then at the end of the day, you're like, who's that person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the people who just are just purely negative because it comes with the territory. It's not widely spoken about but it, it is you know you have those negative people but I feel like the contribution base weeds them out not more naturally and organically than it would uh, a gym that you would pay for almost like you expect services you ex you have expectations coming in whereas when it's you know contribute what you can if, if you don't have anything or you're in that mindset it's I don't want to be there that's really cool though so since your, your adults class is really big and, you, and you're working towards, you know, low income families, you know, in your, your children's class, how, how has that, 
how did you identify that as a need? I think having seven kids. Um, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> and I, I also worked in the school system. Um, really? Yeah, pre, uh, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, I won't get into politics, but <laughs> I don't have my job anymore. So now I'm full-time into the gym. My husband still works um, part-time to provide for us. But um, yeah, working in the school system, you see tons of need that's not being fulfilled. And then having kids, I have, you know, I have daughters who have friends who are in the foster care system, who are staying with missions and, you know, places where they don't have homes and they don't get those um, extracurriculars very often, um, even in the foster care system when they're placed. Um, she did have a friend who was doing soccer with her. And I think that was when I was like, huh, these kids need an activity that they can do without barriers, you know? And so I think that was probably the, the pinpoint of when I was like, we need to be reaching out to these kinds of people. That's pretty awesome. Now do all your kids train your blended family? They do not. So interesting enough, um, some of them want to, but because of our schedule, just it doesn't work out for all of them. So we have our nine-year-old daughter. She trains consistently. And our 14-year-old son just started training recently. Um, and then we have other kids that do soccer, theater, things like that. For us, they know, they all know the basics of jiu-jitsu enough to defend themselves um, to what we think they need. But we never want to force them to do something just because we love it. Um, I want them to go out and find their own passion. So whether that's ballet or soccer or theater or chess or math, I don't, you know, whatever, they need to know how to defend themselves, but they don't need to do it for the sports aspect of it, in my opinion. Like, I want them to find their own thing. They're their own people. They're not many versions of us. How do you find that balancing point between determining, you know enough to defend yourself or you know enough that I feel confident and you feel confident in yourself and now it's time to move on. It's no longer... Uh, that the need to know that has been met and now we can move forward with other things, other passions, exploring, you know, who you are and what you like and what you don't like. I don't think it's so clear cut as, oh, you've, you've trained for six months, now you're done. It's continuously us feeding little bits into them at home or, you know, just taking them to the gym for just a fun day and then showing them a little bit of things and not incorporating it into, hey, you have to be at class 530, you know, just incorporating it into their lives and then we'll just like play even stand up they need to know how to punch that's also important in our family like you need to know how to do certain things um and we also take them to the shooting range they need to know gun safety they need to know how to shoot they need lots of these life skills but i think they're life skills so things that you incorporate into their lives consistently over time and not just a short period of training that's pretty awesome. I really like how you worded that. Now, I do want to dig a little bit deeper. When did you introduce the gun range? Um, well, probably, I think our youngest was, the youngest we introduced was five. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's something we, we've been talking about. And, and I, I was so young. I don't remember. I've, I've always grown up with at minimum a BB gun or a paintball gun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't ever really remember the 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 span of time of you know you introduce a baby gun and then a 22. <laughs> yeah, they have little tiny kid rifles, you know, little tiny kid 22s. They're not 
they're not super crazy. Exactly. They're just little kid ones, but they, we teach them gun safety first and then they can go and we keep teaching gun safety every single time, obviously. And then, yeah, yeah. we take them to a shooting range and it's like $40 for a year here for a membership for a whole family. So super oh, that's affordable. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> super affordable (laughs) oh that's funny so what got you into jujitsu and what has kept you here Ooh, good question I grew up in taekwondo actually really yes so I grew up in that and I quit sometime like in middle school because it was uncool and my friends were pulling me into all these different directions and uh probably my biggest regret (laughs) but I started going to the gym a local gym here because my friend was teaching an obstacle course fitness class and it was a little bit out of my price range but I wanted to like support her so I went to the free trial class and I was trying to get healthy as it was so I just started going to that well the gym also offered MMA classes uh, women's boxing and jiu-jitsu so I tried the MMA class I enjoyed that I tried the women's boxing I enjoyed that and then finally I'm like I'm gonna try jiu-jitsu so I did. And first class, I learned the rear naked choke and I fell in love and everything else. I was like, oh, I don't really have time for boxing because I've got to do jujitsu and I don't really have time for obstacle course fitness. And it became a, an addiction. But I will say that for the first six months, because I struggle with like severe social anxiety myself, um, I drank Pepto-Bismol before class every single class because I would get so nervous I thought I was going to throw up <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and I didn't really you know and I it's not like I had friends that were doing it it was just something offered and um yeah I was so nervous and then it became a home a second home and it, it that finally went away but it did take some time for me to just get over my own anxieties about it but I loved it the first class that's pretty awesome so what kept you on the mat Um, I think because I'll never be as good as I want to be. So it's constantly striving to be better. Um, I typically have this problem with finding hobbies. And as soon as I feel like I'm adequate at them, I get bored. And jujitsu, I can never be bored and I can never feel quite adequate (laughs) to where I want to be. So drives me. (laughs) I can relate to that so much so much because I'm the same way once I get good at something I'm like all right I'm done what's next yes I don't know what it is but I'm like oh check that off the list next (laughs) oh that's funny so through your journey so your husband trains as well but through your journey was that was that found along the way or was that prior we met on the mats that is such a love story yeah we became (laughs) best friends first and then um we we were actually both in other relationships and we were just friends and kept that friendship and then when both those relationships dissolved um we pushed the friendship boundary and he asked me out and uh I think friendship was the number one key to our success in our relationship because we always fall back to that like he's my friend first before anything else and so yeah, we fell in love and uh, jujitsu is a part of both of us. So it's not like I did jujitsu for him or he did it for me. It's just kind of a part of both of us. And so when we're on the mats, we both feel at home and we don't always need each other, but we're always there. Like we do our own thing, I guess, and come together and then do our own thing. And it's just kind of beautiful. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. 
So with that, I'm assuming some, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it had happened in the mix of that, the decision to open up your own gym, the first gym, how did that come about? Um, I think it was always, cause he, he had like one day a week where he was teaching where I met him. Um, and then like there was other teachers. And so I think him, that was like, he was always wanting to open up his own gym. And then when we got together, it just made sense, um, financially at that point to be able to do that. That's unfortunate that COVID shut it down though, but I'm really glad that you guys were able to get one back up and running, especially in the dynamic they have set up. That's really interesting. Yeah. Oregon was really shut down. So jujitsu was a, it, like considered basically illegal. <laughs> yeah, we were there. We, uh, we were living in, or we moved from Oregon to Texas in 2021 and, oh, smart. It, and it was because of the restrictions. I mean, yeah, we, they shut it down and we, we were in a tiny apartment and we ended up getting mat space. Um, and it was, it was, it almost fit perfect. Like the stars aligned because like where our couch ended, the mat started and where the debt where the mats ended were where the desks were. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, it was like this perfect little fit. And it was just like, all right, you roll them out and then you roll them back up and you just, you take the neighbors, you know, cupcakes and let them know, like, we're not, we're not killing each other. I mean, we are, <laughs> but we aren't. <laughs> exactly. We are, but we're not. So it's okay. <laughs> Especially in the wintertime, like we'd end up opening up the windows and be like, we don't even need the heat on. It's so hot in here. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, well, yeah, I don't blame you for moving. <laughs> <laughs> We weren't tied down with kids, but th then we have the gym. So I think that would keep us here, but definitely. Yeah. So since you've started jujitsu and where you're at now, how have you seen it grow in the spectrum of the women's community? Not as much as I would like. Really? In, okay. In all honesty, I think um, our gym probably locally has the most women in it. And that's only a handful. Um, when I, cause I'm a purple belt. So when I sign, like there's nobody at the local tournaments in my bracket, typically, um, even as a blue belt, there weren't, and that was pre COVID. And I know COVID now has, has limited even the, the number of competitors, um, a little bit more. So I really, I think we're growing. I think it's a slow, slow fight. And I think that making women comfortable making it a safe space is the number one thing we need to focus on. Um, Unfortunately, jujitsu is not immune to toxic masculinity or sexual harassment. Um, but that's not, I don't want to say that's a problem only in jujitsu. That's a problem everywhere. We're just not immune to it. And so um, making sure that our leaders are held accountable, I think is, is important. So since you, it sounds like you guys have a pretty strong women's community there. What's something that you would say contributes to building that? Uh, honestly, um, higher ranked females I and I like I think women when they see me they feel safe which seems interesting but having a female in a leadership role I think instantly gives them because I have they always want to work with me first like before they get comfortable working with everybody else and I don't mind like that's part of why I'm here right is to build this community um and so it's interesting I truly think that having women that are more knowledgeable because you're just stepping onto the mat that you can have there to uh walk you through it and not feel alone is so important when i first started i was the only woman at the gym 
99% of the time and it was with a ton of giant men and it could I think it would be intimidating to most women it wasn't to me because I didn't grow up like that um being intimidated isn't really a personality trait I have <laughs> when it comes to things like that but um I think it is for a lot of women and it's you know it's a close contact sport sweaty you're in uncomfortable and weird positions with people and sometimes being in that position with the opposite gender first is a little too much so warming them up with me I think it's is important. So the more women we get, the longer we're in it, I think the more it'll grow. You know, I think we just have to lead the way. I had a, I actually had a, it's funny you touch on that. I had a buddy of mine try to tell me, he was like, I need you to convince my wife, you know, to come train and come do all this stuff. And finally I had a breakdown. I was like, why? Like, why are you so adamant about this? Like, tell me your why. And once he did, it was, it was from this self-defense aspect, which is completely understandable. But, you know, I had to tell him, I was like, it's uncomfortable. Like, it's not easy. And you, you get to know people real quick and in a way that you will never really want to if you're already uncomfortable. So you got to like make sure she's ready because if she's not, she's going to resent it. And it's, you know, there, and I gave him a bunch of resources. I was like, here's all this women's self-defense stuff that doesn't, that has jujitsu background, but isn't like, let's go sweat on each other in a 90 degree room with clothes that are itchy and uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. while I try to choke you. There's a difference. It's not for everybody, <laughs> which kills me because I'm just like, but it's amazing. But I have to think about it objectively like that. It's not for everybody. Not. Like it can be. I really believe that. I believe it can be for everybody, but everybody that wants it. Like, I don't, I don't think it's something oh, that sure. you can forced and that's where you get into it's not it's just not for everybody it's not I always I'm always like try it and then if you hate it you hate it and you never have to come back (laughs) 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 but I don't know you never know until like I'm one of those people that I'm like I gotta try something to see if I like it because instantly my head is like no you're not going to and then half the time I do (laughs) so are you (laughs) So are you coaching full-time now then at the gym or how's that going? No, my husband is the head coach. So he coaches um, majority of the classes unless he gets called into work, then I do get stuck coaching, um, which is not my favorite um, because I just don't feel confident in my skill of teaching. I'm a very tactile learner. So like explaining the movement, I'm like, let me just, can I just show you? And then, but you can't, like as a coach, you can't, that's not what you do. And so um, I struggle with that, but he's always like, the more you practice, the better you'll get. So I do teach most of our kids' classes, which I have the most background in running kids' programs and being with kids and teaching kids. So that kind of does transfer over. I feel a little bit more confident um, controlling the environment there. Um, And then I teach our basics class. We have a basics class once a month, and that's when we try to get new people in um, to try it. Basics class is that is that geared towards like fundamentals and yes, and and rules and explaining jujitsu and what it is and what you can expect, and not just throwing them into a class. Which they're welcome anytime. We don't have like oh you have to take this class to come train with us. But a lot of people that are hesitant are on the fence and they're like, well, that's just something very much out of my comfort zone. Come to the basics class. We'll explain it. We'll walk you through it. There's, you know, it's more one-on-one time. It's not so much like 
you're just thrown into the deep end and we're telling you to swim. <laughs> you're not sinking, but you're not swimming. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Here's like a cheap floaty. So we'll try to help you. <laughs> so with, with a big family, are, and it sounds like everybody has their role in the gym. How, how is that dynamic? Um, they've grown up in gyms. So I think that, so our nine-year-old who trains every time she walks into the gym, she like goes, does a big inhale. And she's like, oh, I love the smell of the gym. <laughs> she's like, it smells like a book. <laughs> like not really like a book, but that's what she compares it to. She's like, it's so refreshing. And I just look at her and I'm like, you're an in interesting kid. Um, that makes my heart so happy. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny. Um, the older kids, they're old enough to stay home most of the time. So if they don't want to train, they can stay home. Um, and then the younger kids go with us because they're not old enough. And we don't really, we don't ask our older kids to watch our younger kids. Um, we believe they're ours to parent. So we just take that, you know, that's our responsibility. So they go with us and then we have a play area and they have friends that are always show up typically and they all just play. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty. I really easy, like that. I really <laughs> like how, because um, that is one of the big barriers that you find, and that I see even some of my my girlfriends they struggle with. You know, we have kids, and I'm just like, just bring them. Like, it's normal. They if they don't have anything to play with, trust me, they will find something yes. <laughs> as long as there's <laughs> one or more. <laughs> um, but just seeing that, it, I see, I do, I see quite a few moms struggle with that. Um, and it's getting better. Like the, the last couple of gyms I've, I've visited, I noticed they actually had like, not necessarily a partition section, but they did have a rug and they were like, all toys belong on the rug. And they actually had like two big buckets of toys. And I was like, that's smart. I would have never thought about that way. Like, Yes, you can run wild, but here is your space. <laughs> yes, that's kind of, we have mats down and a court, like they have this like little section of the gym. There's mats down, there's a wall mat around it. They're not supposed to train without a parent watching. So like there's got to be somebody supervising if they do that. So typically, typically though, they just play, they have tablets, they, you know, just snacks are allowed over there. They just do their own thing, create whatever games they're doing. <laughs> Some of the games they come up with, I gotta, I have questions. <laughs> they don't make you? sense to me. <laughs> and the rules change pretty frequently. And I'm like, ah. So how's your competition life? I know you said it's really hard to find competitors um, now. Has it, and I know it, it seems like it's been that way, but like moving forward, do you have anything coming up? I think I want, I want to sign up for the Fuji tournament next month um i have not done a competition as a purple belt um because i got my purple belt right when COVID hit and i just haven't i've coached the competition since then but coaching is a beast of its own um it's very exhausting i'm really really that's where i find um i i feel like i excel is um not necessarily like coaching a class but coaching like on this on the sides um, also, because I'm a woman, our competitors can hear my voice much easier they, than they can hear my husband's voice um, because it, it stands out from all the men screaming. Uh, so that's my favorite. So like, it's hard for me to want to compete because I just love coaching our students like so much. Um, 
but I think I'm going to do it and just get my first purple belt tournament out of the way. <laughs> purple belt though is where they start to get really intense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous because I feel like uh, COVID put me behind a little bit. And then also um, we were trying to conceive for, for we're almost at two years now, um, but we were pretty much giving up on that and so I didn't overtrain because it can affect your hormones and fertility um so I haven't trained as much as I would like like or as hard as I would like I suppose is the right way to say that but um I, I think I'm just gonna do it and get it over with because we need women competing so even if I lose like there's no losing you know you go out there it's an experience now that brings up a really good point or a question I have is when it comes to identifying in your gym the difference between your hobbyist and your competitors, being in a leadership role, how do you go about doing that? I think we the most important is um, always respecting people. So if they don't want to compete, it's not harassing them into it. You know, um, it's just allowing them to be there to just enjoy the community and that that sometimes that's all people need they don't always need to compete um i do believe it's important to personally i think it's it'd be good for everybody to compete one time because it's just an experience you can't explain it's just a wonderful um environment atmosphere and there's so much learning of self i think that happens in, on the mats there because it's just different than training you know with your partners that you're used to um so I always recommend it, but I never push it. I think you, just like you said about getting spouses to join, like I think you have to allow people to do that when they're ready. So when we have competitors, we open up extra classes, more competition times, um, but we never push anybody to do anything that they don't want to. When you open it up, do you, does your gym go about coordinating with other gyms to get that cross training time in? How do, how does that dynamic? We do. Uh, we promote cross training all the time. Um, I love it. I love it. My, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my. Uh, I've, I'm very opinionated. <laughs> I try to be kind, but I'm always opinionated. Um, I do not believe that if you are paying dues, or even in our instance where you're donating, okay, that you can control what somebody does with their time. So if somebody wants to pay two gym dues and go to two gyms, let them. Like, who cares? Um, as far as cross-training, we love it. We want to build community. So we're all learning jiu-jitsu and teaching jiu-jitsu, right? Doesn't, if somebody fits better at that school, that's great. They need to find their home. If they fit better with us, awesome. Like, there's not, it shouldn't be a loyalty thing it's not it's a uh, finding what fits for you what works for your schedule um and then just growing the sport as a whole and coming together and building a bigger community where we're all linked together um so yeah we have um, a school in ashland they cross train with us and we cross train with them um some of our students do and then we have friends from roseburg that came down for our open mat um great friends there springfield um, and then our, my, my husband's professor, um, so our lineage is in Klamath Falls. So we go there about once a month and try to train with them as well, which he's always gracious to have us. So. That's really awesome. I really like that. 
a lot. That's actually one of my fundamental philosophies in my journey, even though I'm still very young in the journey. That's, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a place where you hoard knowledge and you demand loyalty. And at one point in time it was, and I understand that. And, you know, there's always going to be gyms and people that still live and die and breathe by that. But I, I don't think I hit, I think I hit it at a generation where it's just I'm very liberal with what I know and I'm very liberal with where I go and who I train with and what I do and and unfortunately there's a couple of gyms that don't see it that way and it's just like I I I understand but this is where we disagree and I wish you the best exactly and yes you can differ you know you can have different opinions and you can just it doesn't have to be a big ugly thing it can just be like we agree to disagree but I think a lot of I think a lot of those people, they think, well, this is how it's been done. That's not, that's not an answer. That's yeah. We also used to use the sundial to tell the time and we don't exactly. If there's a better way, let's change it and make it better. It's not always, this is how it's done. Um, I don't think that's a good excuse. Um, and then loyalty, the loyalty thing, loyalty comes with, you can't demand it. That's something that's freely given. And even that's kind of a strange concept to me because I think we have students that are loyal that still cross train because they're getting things from different people and that's okay. Um, loyalty doesn't mean that they only come to you. I mean, how sad to only be able to train and study one person because if you go to different schools, which you said you have, you've been to multiple schools, they all have kind of a, a signature, a style, a flavor, right? And if you're only training in one gym, you're only getting one flavor, one style typically. Um, but when you cross train, you get to open up your world to all these different flavors. And it's just so much more beautiful. It really, really is. And it, it helps you grow so much faster too. just to, I mean, you, you know, you said it the best, you know, the flavor, I really like that word. Cause it, you can have one move and the end of the state is always going to be the same, but how you get there is going to be different. Right. So and especially like learning the different dynamics, having somebody else be like, oh, you have shorter legs. Why don't you try this? Like, oh, yes, different body types. <laughs> I love it. How long have you been training? Uh, three years now. Okay. Yeah. That's not too new. It's not too new. Um, I feel very fortunate though, because when I started, uh, I didn't know there was uh, a shortage in the women's community until I moved out of state. Okay. Um, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, brown and black belt women all over the place where I trained. And uh, I thought it was amazing. normal. And yeah, see, I, I thought it was normal. It's not. It's not normal. That's crazy. <laughs> so when I moved down to Texas, I was just like, what do you mean your highest belt is a, is a purple belt? And that's no offense. But no. It was, it was like, what do you mean it's a purple belt? And she's been doing it for 10 years. And okay, I mean, there's nothing wrong, but yeah, I mean, I want to train with you. And then when I finally got in the room where there was all women, there were still only like, I think maybe four or five, like brown and black belt women. And the rest of them were purple and below. And I was just like, Okay. And then on top of it, um, you know, where I was coming from in Oregon, they cross trained together as collectively as a women's group very frequently. And it was a really tight knit community. And so when I came down here and uh, I attended a girls and geese event 
And I was just like, I didn't even know where are all y'all training at? Like, where, where is your school? And these, I mean, they had traveled, some of them were traveling like an hour and a half in just to get to this event because it's the only time they get to train with women. And I was just like, oh, there's a need. Like there's, you guys are here. You guys just don't know where each other are at. So let's, yeah. let's start trying to fix this. And that's, that's how we started was let's just go start hitting all these schools up and we can just start hosting open mats. And like, you can train with women. You just got to drive 20 minutes. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So you saw a need and you filled it. I'm trying. We're trying. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest part pain point is, you know, like uh, people think we're poaching, you know, come to our school and come to this and if the truth be told, I don't really have a homeschool. I, I train where the wind blows. <laughs> yeah. So it's never poaching. We always promote everybody's school. Every time we go visit them, we definitely put them up there. Like, hey, we went here. It's awesome. If you get a chance, come in. So my last question, what would be the advice you would give somebody, a, a woman, brand new, no background experience, no... I mean, obviously some type of desire, but just, just straight up, like no background coming in first day, one-on-one, what would be the advice to get her on the mats? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how I would even answer that. Cause for me, it's not really about gender. I think jujitsu is so beautiful and it, it does help in the self-defense, but I would say more than anything, it's, it should be a safe place where you can let go of all of your worries and anything that's bogging you down and just be free. And like, I wish I could explain that to people and I'm sure other people find different things that give them that feeling like running or whatever it may be, but I think you just got to try it. You just got to step onto the mats. That's the hardest part. The hardest part of any journey is to, to go from the sidewalk to the mats like that's that's it and then and then just go from there and I don't know see what it brings you and if it brings you peace then it's meant for you I'm not good at that question (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know how to entice people in fact sometimes they tell me not to talk to people new people because I'm like come on it's so exciting you can pretend to break their bones and they're like what (laughs) don't say that just come choke this guy out. It's totally fine. They're like, no, Kayla, you can't talk to people. So. And that's the last we ever saw. <laughs> so I got to be careful with how I talk to people now. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time out. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I, I really like what you guys are doing. Thank I, you. I think it's newer. I, I could be wrong. You know, so if anybody else is out there doing it, definitely hit us up. But I really like the concept and I like, I like the dynamic that you're creating. I feel like it's really, I don't want to say disrupting the market, but it's very unique. It's so unique. And I definitely, the next time we come to Oregon, we're definitely making a trip down south. Yes, please do. And we do have some friends that have a donation only gym in Washington as well really Uh, yeah which we did not know about until after we started ours um 
they're in Washington. I, I can send you their information because I don't have it on hand. But yeah, I'd love to send you their information as well because I think they're a little ahead of us as far as like the business model. We're not super good at business because we like, we're always just like, no, just we just want to do this. <laughs> so we're learning, but I think, but they also are donation only. So um, okay. yeah, that'd be great. I can give you their information too. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Thank you again. I, Thank you. I love what you're doing. I, I want to touch base again. Um, I Please hope do. Stay in touch. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Take care. That concludes today's episode. You can find our next event at www.sottg.com. It's actually going to be a full weekend event on March 11th, held at the Gracie Gym in Richardson, and March 12th at KSJJ in Fort Worth. Hope to see you on the mats. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends.